0: And good afternoon, Numbha.
1: Good afternoon, Adjana
0: So today is Friday the 4th of December 2020. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to listen to some more Dhamma. So there's this question that someone asked about feeling frustrated and somewhat hopeless in respect to meditation because of an expectation that developing meditation, learning how to come to relax in this kind of background space of the one who knows, it seems to be coming along as a practice, but at the same time is not delivering the expected benefits in terms of self-development, in terms of shedding habits or character traits that one's trying to get rid of or developing those that one would wish for? Could you address that, please?
1: Well, the problem is around desire because we start out desiring, you know, with meditation, we think it's going to solve our problems at least we hope it does, we have desire to get rid of our problems and become some ideal person we imagine, a person without problems, uh, uh, effective, uh, confident, stable personality, and, uh, and so that's the ideal, and when we're in When we don't acknowledge that this ideal is, is an ideal, and we we meditate in order to attain something or get something in return, then we're always going to be disappointed because life is not an ideal. It's not, you know, the, the changing conditions that we experience, that we identify with are not ideals, they're just they're conditions that change. And so you can form your ideals, you know, when you're young. And as you grow older, you know, then you... you can become quite cynical because if you don't see what you're doing, if you don't acknowledge that life is like this, you know, the samsara, the, the conditioned realm that we're experiencing through the body, through the senses, is, is not ideal. It's about change. And it doesn't change for the better all the time. I mean, change takes place. It gets better and then it doesn't. Uh, and so birth can, be, is the very cause of death. And a beginning is the very cause of an ending. And, and the arising is the very cause, is the cause of ceasing. So we, we contemplate this, this change, this a nature, this impermanent, uh, that we can perceive, that we can observe through, through just reflecting on, on the state of mind we're in, on, on, on the age that we identify with, uh, with the changing conditions of sound or sight, smell, taste, touch. In, you know, even in, you know, we see a beautiful view, but we can't you know, it comes and goes according to other conditions. So, recognize that, that that what we call samsara or the the cycles of change that we identify with, are not going to ever be ideal. We're never going to become what we idealize, what we hope for, uh, what we wish for, and we're not going to get rid of our personalities by being a witness. We're not trying to destroy our personality, but we're we're taking the position of the witness to observe the personality is like this. So, you know, over the years, just witnessing uh, the personality that we identify with is, is changing. You're not the same person, even though you assume you are. Uh, you know, the assumption that you're the same person no matter what, but when you witness the personality, it's sometimes positive, sometimes negative, can be happy or sad, uh, hopeful or depressed, and, and the conditions change where the personality, uh, changes along with the condition, changing conditions, but the witness doesn't change. And it's it's learning to trust this witnessing, this observing, this non judgmental observing. And let samsara be what it is. Let your personality be what it is. Don't don't try to get rid of it or hope that that it changes, but it is what it is, you know. So it's a non judgmental uh, allowance for sankaras, for conditions, for phenomena to to be what they are in the present, then they change by themselves. This is a very good question because, you know, in in monastic life, you 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 kind of hope that to to attain, you 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 form an ideal of what an enlightened master is, and then when you live with enlightened masters you know they don't always live up to the ideal that that you uh, have created in your mind and so there's no buddhist monk no meditation master no teacher that is an ideal and they they you know there's the, their appearance their their moods their uh attitudes change accordingly but the difference between uh, one who has witness, who's the witness, and, the, and the, what is witnessed is the, the witness doesn't change. Sati, or mindfulness, is stable and, and here and now and permanent. It doesn't, doesn't change according to the conditions. So it gives us perspective on the conditions. So we're not hoping for a utopian result and some kind of ideal state where we no longer have problems or uh, or everything is what we imagine how it should be. But we 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 no longer fear or demand that life be other than what it is in the present, and uh, because we know it, it's just it is what it is in the present moment, but it changes. And our resting place, our abiding, uh, the, the state of natural abidance is in awareness, mindfulness, or consciousness.
0: So one question that often comes after this is, how is being the witness helpful? In terms of living one's daily life and coping with moods and situations that arise in life?
1: Because it's non-critical,
0: the suffering is in grasping
1: these moods, these these conditions, grasping your appearance, you know, what you look like, your identities, your moods, wanting to get rid of them, wanting them to change is 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 a form of grasping. And So you, the difference between one who is, is rest, abiding in the witness, uh, in in mindfulness, in pure conscious awareness, isn't, isn't grasping, is letting go. If they are grasping, they, they recognize the suffering that they create by grasping changing conditions. Like grasping something that, whose very nature is to change. You know, it's not, you're grasping something unstable and then you, you think that you're unstable because what you grasp, what you identify with is, is very nature is, is change, is suffering. It's not, and so then you, you assume that that's yours, but it's not. It's just conditions changing and the, the, Enlightenment is to see change as natural, as phenomena, the, you know, kind of floating by like clouds in the sky. You know, if you see a dark cloud in the sky and you you don't want that dark cloud, you're going to suffer uh, because of the weather. But if you recognize dark clouds come and go, then you can put up with the dark cloud. Not make a problem about it, and it it comes and goes according to its nature, according to conditions. but your real nature is like the sky, you know, pure, unblemished, and in the where thing where clouds come and go according to other conditions that are beyond our control.
0: So being the witness leads to acceptance of the way things are. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it leads to an understanding. It doesn't mean you you have to like the way things are, just accept it as a, some kind of personal resignation to to fake, But it's a kind, of, it's a sense of freedom. Um, the thing like this. Don't expect it to be anything else. And your personality. You know, whatever, however you view it, how you see yourself as a person, as a man or a woman, as an individual, is is changing. Also, you know, you can we form a sense of our ego, our ego sense of being a separate personality, a separate person in the universe at an early age, and we can carry that through to. To age 80, 90, 100, if we're not observing with wisdom the way things are. Because you begin to really, when you find out, what you realize through meditation, through mindfulness practices, is that you're not anything you think. You're not a condition. You're not a, a, a phenomenon. You're not a man or woman. You're not the age of the body. And so that's a kind of freedom you experience, a sense of freedom and, and a kind of inner joy that is, is the very background of all existence. And when you realize that, then, you know, there's no other place to go. There's nothing more to do than to trust that. Because the world is going to make demands on you, you know the the family, the the society, the the aging of the body. Uh, you know, changes your what you can expect from life, and death is the inevitable end of the body. And when you identify with with the body, then there's this idea, this belief that you're going to die. That death is another illusion, you know, it's, it's just the ending of something that began, or the death of something that was born. But what doesn't die, or it doesn't get born or die, is awareness, mind-conscious awareness in the present moment. So you can't figure this out with your intellect, you know, the intellect is about birth and death, about right and wrong, good and bad. And this is where intuitive awareness, mindfulness, conscious awareness is is the, the, the gate or the door or the entrance to the deathless reality that is what one really is. When you see, you're no longer just a limited personality. I'm just a limited physical presence in a vast, mysterious universe that, you know, at this stage looks rather threatening with climate change and pandemic diseases and uh, all of the kind of prophecies of doom and destruction that exist in in the media these times. You know, what, you know, if you fill your mind with with these gloom and doom uh, prophecies, you know, we're all going to die. The bodies are, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. It's not something gloomy or, or bad, because when you recognize what you really are, what the the, the stability of awareness. Then we can deal with the changing conditions, with the aging process of the body, with the, with what happens in, on uh, the political or economic scenes or in the places we live in. We can cope with uh, success or failure or, or, uh, have good health or bad health. I mean, these, these things are not really issues when we, when we know we really are. And it's learning to trust. And so that, what we really are is the awareness, conscious awareness here and now. So it's always present. It's never lost. It never comes and goes. It's just to learn to trust it. And we call it the witness, but it's not like a personal person witnessing anything. It's just awareness, aware. Of phenomena changing and aware of itself.
0: You once said something that, uh, was, uh, that hit the nail on the head. You were saying Sankaras need consciousness in order to exist, but consciousness does not need Sankaras or conditions in order to exist.
1: Yeah, consciousness, like Sankaras, our conditions are in consciousness. They're not, you know, they're not something outside of consciousness. They don't exist on their own, you know, as separate entities. You know, consciousness is, is the be all and end all. It's, it's, it's here and now. And it's, and it's, it's natural. It's not a created uh, state that we wish for, or long for, or imagine. Try to imagine consciousness, you know, and and you know you you think we identify with the experience of consciousness through through the senses, through seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and touching, and thinking. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we imagine. Consciousness is limited to to the form to the that it's inside the body. That consciousness in in, in your in Ajahn Asoko's body is different from the consciousness in Ajahn Sumedho's, but it's the same consciousness. The bodies Ajahn Asoko and Ajahn Sumedho and, and all conditions, the whole universe is in consciousness. So consciousness. Is, is, you know, what would, is, is Dhamma. It's, it's ultimate reality. And it's here and now. It's not something that comes and goes according to how good or bad you've been. You know, it's, it's uh, something that you can trust. And, but we, we identify with sensory consciousness. So we think, you know, we believe our thoughts, our ability to, Create uh, images of perfection, uh, of how life should be. You, you know, political systems are uh, generally modern. Political systems like democracy is an ideal. You know how things should be if everything were perfect, and so democracy is 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 an ideal. But it's not done. It's not the way things are. Uh, you know, it's it's you know it. What you form an ideal of democracy when you're young is still pretty much the same when you're 90 years old. Uh, because ideals, you know, don't necessarily change. They can, you can create them with your mind. A perfect political system where everything's fair and everybody's equal and, and everything's perfect. But that's not the nature of sankharas. You know, sankharas are not perfect. Their very nature is unstable. And that's why they're, you know, we use suffering uh, as the first noble truth in the Buddha's original teaching. Because mm-hmm. the, the very identities that we hold to are, are imperfect. You know, their nature is, the perfection lies that they, they, they're always going to be impermanent. You know, so, you know, impermanence is, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying it, it, should. we should have a perfect political, economic system, social system, where everything's better. We can say things like that. But we're not going to ever create a situation where that's possible because of the very nature of Change the sun colors, the the conditions changing, but when we take our stand in awareness, then whatever the however the sun colors change, we we can adapt and and uh, do the best we can with with the way things are, because our refuge is in is perfect, is in perfection, is something that is it, it's. it's Consciousness that it isn't created by desire or ignorance. It's pure, and that's where we're all equal. You know, if you want to know where everybody's, you know, where there's no class differences, no gender differences, where everything is fair and just, it's in consciousness. That's we. we that's you know that that is non-personal it's not I didn't create my consciousness and the consciousness is not even mine it's like this but I can create thoughts and desires and fears and jealousies and you name it I can create all kinds of conditions in it but what doesn't I don't create is consciousness itself which is awareness, mindfulness. So it, it's because it is it's so simple, so obvious that we we overlook it or every moment for the 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 present condition that we're experiencing. And that's where patient being patient, allowing things to be what they are in the present moment. When you desire, when you think, I've been meditating and I'm not getting any good result from it, that's a creation of your mind. You know, don't believe that. You know, your mind's going to say all kinds of things because you're going to expect that if I meditate, I'm going to solve all my problems. But that's a creation of your mind. That, that meditation is is the way to solve personal problems, and and uh, so then when your personal problems don't disappear, they might even increase. You think meditation is a waste of time. That's all thinking. You know, you're thinking, you're creating this sense of, of success and failure, or the your know, ideal of meditation is is an intellectual idea. It's not it's not the way things are. Where the witness position is not saying how things should be, but it's about the way things are. And so just these you know, in Buddha Dhamma, the Buddha you know, gave these three characteristics that's characteristic to all phenomena, you know, whether whether it's Macrocosmic, microcosmic, or insignificant, silly, stupid, intelligent, wise, is that all conditions, which is what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, think, feel, all feeling is impermanent, uh, all thinking is impermanent, everything, everything is impermanent. So we, we constantly reflect on that all conditions are impermanent because that's the way it is. You know, so when we want a permanent condition, it's kind of hoping, you know, it's expecting life to be something other than what we're experiencing. But see, whatever you're experiencing is what you're learning from, whether it's success or failure or hope or despair or elation or depression. It is something to witness. To it is the way it is, and and then a the, the witnessing, the Bhutto style of witnessing is not judging. You know, you create the judgments when you say, "I my personality is," I still have a lot of fear and anxiety, and uh, I want to get rid of it. It's that's thinking again. You're thinking about what you have you don't want or what you believe you are, you don't like. Uh, And so the thing, the problem is to be behind the thinking, observe that thinking comes and goes. It's very impermanent.
0: Coming back to uh, the consciousness, our consciousness isn't self isn't personal. when you speak about this, often people then come and ask well what how, how does that work? We all share the same consciousness and they the idea that seems to come to mind is still born from this duality dual way of seeing the world where you and I kind of plug in with some astral link to the same cloud of consciousness that's up here and it's very difficult to kind of really relate to this consciousness that we all share
1: well it, it, because we're in it <laughs> you know where the conditions are come and go and change and uh, you know what we identify with the uh, you know, in terms of dumb, terms, Buddhist teaching, you know, there's, yeah. there's consciousness, which has no boundary. It has no form. It's not, it has no quality. Uh, you know, so you can imagine that. You know, you can, we have to use negatives. It's it's not limited and so forth to 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 describe it, but it's certainly knowing the present moment. And then, in consciousness, is space, like you can perceive space with just by looking. You know at the where you're sitting, you know, space is perceivable, but space has no form. Other, you know. It, the forms are in space. Space is in consciousness. And if there were no space, there could be no forms, which are about time-bound conditions. So, you know, like your your own physical body is a time-bound condition in space. And space and form are in consciousness. So, you know, it, it's this... What we call unicity or oneness, completeness, that we can't see or observe. And and we tend to observe what we, the changing conditions that we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, what we think, our emotions are what we identify with. So rather than trying to to see consciousness uh, and and define it, you 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 observe the nature of conditions: is that they arise and cease, and they're not self. You know, can, is this space self that I'm sitting in? You know, is it my space? I can say that. You know, I've heard people say, "Get out of my space." It's space you know that's a, a creation of through thought my space is a thought or space is is perceivable but you can't perceive consciousness because it's the very perceiving mechanism itself and if there were no consciousness there'd be no space and no forms so you know in the, in this in the six doctors or elements Consciousness, space, earth, fire, water and air, these are, are ways of, of reflecting on the here and now. Like like if if consciousness is personal, I have to claim it with some kind of with my thoughts, my consciousness, my my opinion, my view, my feelings, my space, my life it's all about me and, and and that's all thinking, those are thoughts that arise and cease and, and so when you get behind thinking when you stop believing your thoughts then you're, you're getting closer you know, you're letting go of thinking and just being the observer, the knower, the knowing, the understanding of suffering rather than the sufferer. So when when the Buddha used suffering as the first noble truth, it's taking something so banal, so common to all creation and putting it in a position of understanding it, which is... Be mindful of it. Suffering is not permanent. You know, it's the nature of phenomena. It's imperfect. It's it's not, you can't find perfection or or liberation through phenomena of any sort. Through wealth, through success. Uh, you know, in monastic life we have all that is mine, beloved and pleasing, will become otherwise, will become separated from me. Monastic life, we kind of reflect on this, that the very nature of, of conditioned phenomena is imperfect. So we don't expect imperfection to be perfect. When we do, then we're going to suffer because that's not the way things are. And then with, with this sense of you, of all conditions are impermanent in consciousness, then there's no personality, permanent personality. There's no, you know, the the five, the four elements, including time and space, are in consciousness. So you can't get beyond consciousness. You can only be mindful. You can't find and become mindful. I've heard people talk about becoming mindful, but but you can't become like well that's your true nature. But you, but the ignorance, uh, uh, the cause of suffering is is identifying personally with the sankharas, with the body, with the conditions that you're experiencing, either wanting either wanting to hold on to them or get rid of them, or judging them as good or bad, right and wrong. So in this sense, you know, with all our unity is in consciousness with the, with nature, with, with all humanity, with the animal kingdom, with, with everything. It's all five, it's all the, the five elements of space, earth, fire, water and air that are in this continuous state of change, impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and not self. When you let go of when you see the 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 suffering you create through this blind attachment to imperfection, to to thoughts, to views, to to the idea that you are a separate individual personality as your permanent state. You know, then the, the result's always going to be in suffering of some sort. There's going to be fear, there's going to be, uh, you know, jealousies and worries, anxieties, because that's that very grasping, that blind grasping of conditions. You know, it's, it's blind. It's not in, you know, awareness using, using things in the present moment through wisdom but it's this habitual condition grasping that we we identify with that is not self so there's no individual self there's only awareness and all the rest of it you know so we you know we we have compassion we have we feel this sense of metta for all conditions. Because we're all experiencing the, the the suffering that comes from this blind, this ignorance by attaching to conditioned phenomena. But when you realize the ultimate reality is is what your your true nature is, and this you've you, you got to realize for yourself, you know, like I can talk like this, but I like, you know whether I convince you or not is something else. But I'm not trying to convince anybody but to encourage them to to take a stand in life and be the told, the witness of what your of your thoughts, of your emotions. Accept them, whatever they might be. And accepting means kind of relaxing, letting them go not trying to change them or judge them. To judge them or the effort to change them or get rid of them is suffering itself. So it's not a matter of getting rid of or changing, but relaxing, being the knowing, being the awareness, being consciousness itself, which is the Non-suffering, like consciousness, you can't perceive it. It's like they say you can't see your own eyes. No, so, because it's not so necessary to see. <laughs> you can't perceive consciousness because you are that. But it doesn't have any form or any any quality other than knowing the present moment is like this and letting go, relaxing. Don't make a problem out of what you're experiencing in the present, like this in, in time. You know, we identify so strongly with time that we. You know, we, we, we believe in time as our reality. We have clocks, we have calendars, we plan for the future. Like this morning, I was consulting with Ajahn Ahsoka about the future. You know, you can still do that. You know, it's not like you, you don't think about the future anymore, but it's, it's different. It's not, You know, when you think about the future, out of grasping it, out of grasping the possibilities of success or failure or worry or anxiety, they're all about what might, how things might be in the future. You're suffering right now. You know, even though, you know, we're living in a convenient place with, with uh, the requisites, Abundantly provided, Uh, you know. As a Buddhist monk, you could worry. If we go to another place, will will we will we provide our alms? Mendicants we depend on the kindness of others for our basic requisites. You know, one could worry about that in the in the place where the, the requisites are provided. But when when you you know when you trust in awareness, then. You know, the future is, is unknown. You don't, you can make plans for it out of necessity, but you're no longer expecting your plans, you know, worrying about them. You can face the present moment as it is, as you live your life, if you trust awareness. And with the success or failures of the future, uh, you know, you, one can adapt and change accordingly to, to these conditions, because the conditions are are in consciousness, they're not what you are. If you firmly, if you always believe you are a condition, a physical, separate form in the universe, there's always going to be fear. There's a lot to be frightened of as a physical male or female, and you know you, you can't. You know, you can imagine all kinds of meteorites attacking the earth or aliens from Mars or, or climate change where the, the, the climate changes where human existence no longer can survive. We can imagine these and, and then be caught in the fear about something that isn't, that, you know, we imagine rather than being aware here and now, the nat—the natural state that we abide in, no matter what happens to the conditioned realm. So if the Armageddon comes and it's the end of the planet Earth, you know, you know, if that ever happens, if you're aware, that awareness doesn't, isn't dependent upon the planet Earth. So it's learning to it's 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 putting yourself in the dominant position of knowing is like this. Taking a stand in awareness in the daily life that we live, you know, and no matter how mundane it might appear or Boring or mediocre or however you interpret your experience, whoever you are, <clears throat> is, you know, we need, we, we learn from, from oftentimes our big insights come from very ordinary kind of uninteresting experiences. Just the boredom of daily life, the routine of you know, waking up and getting ready and all the rest of day after day and you know mindfulness does does not choose uh, what to be mindful of but so we whether it's just insignificant, trivial foolish or boring it doesn't or it's important it's it's uh absolutely fantastic or it's terribly threatening or frightening. You know, the awareness allows us to adapt to respond to contingencies, whatever they were.